0: Fox News said, hey, don't don't be so excited about this because there are signs of weakness here. Now, Trump won the Iowa caucuses and now has won the New Hampshire primary. Some would argue that uh, Nikki Haley had a a decent showing, but it wasn't good enough to win. She is vowing to stay in the race. The next primary is in her her home state of South Carolina. So we'll see how she does there. But the polls are indicating that Trump is is uh, is in the lead. I think one interesting thing that may develop might be if polls show head-to-head competition between Nikki Haley and Joe Biden. If those polls show that Nikki Haley does better against Biden than Trump, then she's going to get some traction and should stay in the race. But we'll have to see if it even gets to that point, because right now, even in head-to-head competition, uh, Trump is winning, and we talked about a poll the other day that has uh, come out recently that was the opposite before, but now Trump leads Biden forty five to forty percent, but again, that's close to the, the margin of error. So a lot of this is gonna come down to whether or not the moderate Republicans, the moderate Democrats, the Independents, who are they gonna vote for? Trump or Biden? Or would they vote for Nikki Haley over over Joe Biden? The Biden campaign is, is ramping up. So it's going to be interesting to see if that has any impact on, on the polls. But I, I just I find all of this, um, all of this fascinating and just the, the very idea that we may have a repeat of the 2020 election of Biden Trump again. It's it's fascinating, but it's boring. And I think it's one of the reasons why yesterday on show, the show, the, the question of who's sexy or Jessica Simpson or Taylor Swift Got so much attention. In fact, Ian, I, I saw the picture that yeah. you posted with my, my blog. I wrote the, wrote the blog. and well, Ian, yeah. Ian posts the blog, and he picks the picture. You picked a picture of Jessica Simpson. My God, I mean, that is the sexiest picture of Jessica Simpson I've ever seen.
1: I was combing through Getty images, you know, because all these photos are specifically licensed. They cost hundreds of dollars to use if right. you're not already licensed to do that. So, I, you know, I saw Jessica Simpson last year at the Golden Gloves and Jessica Simpson. And I was like, you know what? In the spirit of this blog, I'm going to go back to the early 2000s and get a picture of Jessica Simpson during the Dukes of Hazard era because that's what everybody remembers. Yesterday on the show, when we were talking about this, people wouldn't shut up about how hot she was in that movie. That's right, wearing those Daisy Dukes, and so that's the picture I picked out. She You're was, welcome. she
0: was, she was, she was hot. Uh, so look, she looks sexier, but see, look, determining whether or not somebody's sexy has more to do with than just the body. You know, it has to do with the brain. And, uh, you know, I like, I like smart women. And Jessica Simpson just kind of seemed like a kind of a deadhead to me. And I don't mean she liked the music of the Grateful Dead, but I just I, I didn't, never thought she was really that, you know, that bright. So she wasn't that attractive to me. Taylor Swift was a little more attractive because I think she's, uh, well, we know she's pretty smart. So anyway, it was just interesting how that interrupted. In fact, the blog on our website, www.com that I wrote, it's also on Screw On The Air Facebook, where you can comment uh, it's about um, how that got a lot of attention on the show on the day of the first primary. I mean, this is like talk radio in America and the day of the first primary, the New Hampshire primary yesterday. And it, it, it just took no effort at all for this Jessica Simpson, Taylor Swift topic to just explode. And it just shows that people are looking for distractions and, and, and people are basically bored with some of the some of the uh, some of the, the, the politics of, of, of the day. Let me go to my uh, Facebook page, um, Scoot on the Air, and here is a, a comment that says, um, it says, who? oh, this is a, a comment about the fact that the Jessica Simpson-Taylor Swift topic took off. Um, it says, who cares about New Hampshire primary, and there's no comparison between the two ladies. Uh, here's a comment from uh, Betty. You are starting to look like a girl. Cut your hair. LOL. Um, Eddie says it's time to stop boycotting your barber, Scoot. Whatever he did. Good Lord. Forgive him. Go see him again. (laughs) Here's a text that says. Tell us how you really feel. (laughs) This is from Shatney. It says um, this will be the lowest turnout of a presidential election ever. And, you know, that's kind of possible. Uh, Here is a comment on Facebook from Bob. Uh, neither, Neither one of them, Joe or Donnie, are there. They're both in early dementia. That's from Kathy. You know, look, it's interesting that Bill Clinton... A former president who's not even involved in politics today. He's younger than, than Trump and, and, and uh, Biden. That is wild. Yeah, I that saw is, that this morning. I can't believe crazy. that. All right. Uh, you want to do a couple of texts? Yeah, sure. Okay.
1: Here's a text that says uh, neither Trump nor Biden deserve to hold the office of president. Marjorie Taylor Greene does not speak for me. And Nikki Haley has my vote.
0: Yeah. Interesting. I, I would I would like to think that there are more Republicans, more true conservatives who, who don't like the, the, the attempted takeover by right-wing radicals of their party, and that they would stand up and become more vocal. And man, this is the place to be more vocal when it comes to that, because I'm thinking that there are a lot of moderate Republicans who, along with moderate Democrats and independents, determine who becomes president. It's not the far right. It's not the far left. It's the rest of us that determine the outcome of elections. So, um, I, I'm surprised that more people are not um, speaking out against this um, obvious attempt to take over the Republican Party.
1: Here's a text that says, have you guys reported? We don't really report anything. We'll, we'll share other people's reporting with you, but we're not journalists. Let's just get that out of the way. Right. Right. There, there are times we might that, accidentally practice journalism from time to right. time. Right.
0: There are times that we do things uh, that are journalistic, but we, I, I, I don't consider myself a, a journalist, even though you know, again, sometimes I do something that's journalistic in nature. But I'm not uh, a journalist by trade.
1: Anyway, moving on. This text says, "Have you guys reported how Washington D.C. was trying to pay Carrie Lake?" millions of dollars to not run in Arizona. This story just broke a couple hours before we came on. Did you see a headline no, about this? No, I didn't, right I didn't see that. So, and I, the guy has resigned now. I think the State Republic, the, the chair of the State Republican Party in Arizona is on tape. There is audio. Lordy, there's tape of him offering Kerry Lake money to not enter the Arizona Senate race this fall.
0: That Why is a, don't they want her to run?
1: Because they think Carrie Lake is a loser.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because she, she didn't win the governor race and she's an election denier and after yeah. Michigan, Arizona has maybe the most fractured state Republican Party. I mean, they are
0: really—it
1: yeah. is a total knife fight over there. I, I hope for their own sake and for Arizona's sake they get it straightened out. But they are—they're—they're—they're—they're they're, 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 they're a, they're a big mess over there. But you, but so I, the, the state party doesn't want Carrie Lake yeah. to run because they think that she'll lose to Ruben Gallego, which it looks like she will, according to recent polling. Anyway. We didn't talk about that yet because it just happened, but it is an interesting. She thing is a to she's a,
0: she's a loon, yeah. and, and 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 she's part of the right wing radicals of, of the Republican Party. And again, where 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 are the rest of the Republicans? Where are those moderate Republicans who are criticized for being rhino? But you guys have the power. You guys are the one that determine elections, maybe not primaries because of the, the just the nature of of, of primaries. But where is this voice of Republicans who are trying to to win the party back? You know, the Adam Kinsingers of the Republican Party have resigned. They've 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 gotten out. Liz Cheney, they've they've gotten out of it because they were so disgusted with it. But, you know, Liz Cheney's still uh, active and Adam Kinsinger is, um, is a is a is uh, a pundit now. But, you know, there needs to be more voices from those true Republicans who want to try and win back the party.
1: Uh, <laughs> this is at the top of the pile. It says, I agree with Newell. Why do we have to choose? Get rid of the first ladies and just put Biden and Trump in the White House. That would be good reality TV.
0: Nice. And, and uh, why do we have to choose? Uh, when I was uh, talking to Newell right before going on the air at cross talk uh, right before one o'clock, uh, I said, Newell, I don't want to bring you into this conversation about who's sexy or Jessica Simpson or Taylor Swift. He said, why do we have to choose? He wanted them both. Why not? Porque
1: they yeah. no will um, uh, just give you two real more okay. quick ones. Here's a text that says, I bet Taylor Swift knows the difference between chicken and tuna fish. Jessica, not so much. You remember that? No, I don't. On, on her reality TV show, she's eating tuna salad or something, and she's looking at the can, and she says like, well, if it's tuna, why does it say chicken? And I think Nick oh, Lachey, her no. husband, is like, what are you talking about? She says, it says chicken of the sea on the oh, label. Oh, my God. So is it chicken or is it tuna? And the whole country... In, the, in see, the era before social media, this story took off and we're like, I'm sorry, oh, this, th- see, woman. this
0: is why as Oof. great a body as she has, this is why I'm just not attracted to Jessica Simpson, because I like smart women. I want to have something to talk about after if there is a before. Might be
1: uh, underclocking a little bit there, Jessica, but we're all here to do what we're all here to do. Uh, Edwa is in the audience today and said, we're giving thanks to all teachers today. It is International Day of Education.
0: All right. If you want to join us with a comment, the Art Jewelers Talk and Text Line is 504-260-1870. All right. So there's a little controversy concerning Barbie and the Oscar nominations. And, you know, this is just one of the topics that we would you know love to talk about on the show. So we will. Uh, Ryan Gosling has gone on social media saying, Hey, there's no Ken without Barbie. Why did I get a nomination for Best Supporting Actor and the Best Actress or the Barbie actress? Margot Robbie did not get the nomination. And the director, Greta Gerwig, did not get the, the nomination. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And if you want to join us with a comment about anything we have been talking about, the Okinawa Jewelers Talking Text Line is 504-260-1870. Water pressure coming back in Jefferson Parish. Don't be deceived. The Boil Water Advisory is still in effect. And that is a pain in the rump. Man, I've gone through that protocol. And it's, it's a pain. Anyway, I hope things work out for you soon in Jefferson Parish. That's the East Bank of Jefferson Parish. We'll be back on WWL. On the Scoot on the Air Rock Culture calendar, on this day in 1969, Jethro Tull played their first concert in America. They were the opening act for Blood, Sweat, and Tears. That New York's Fillmore East. First day Jethro Tull played in America on this day in 1969, and... You know, I always thought Ian Anderson was one of the more cerebral rock stars. And, you know, my conversation with Ian Anderson, I um, I asked him about the moment. I mean, because this was like so different. The guy plays the flute. So I asked Ian Anderson about the moment that he he decided to make the flute part of rock music.
2: I, I looked around the music store for something else that, you know, I was being allowed a certain amount of extra money in part exchange and I it's just my a flute hanging on the wall caught my eye mainly because it was shiny and looked looked like something I could take apart and put in my pocket um and that that was just a whimsical moment I had no 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 logic or serious thought behind it just just a, a chance it could have been something else it could have been a ukulele It certainly couldn't have been a cello or a double bass, but it it turned out to be a flute, and that was it. But I couldn't get a note out of the thing for some months to come, and I finally, in late December of 1967, I managed to play the note of G, and then I managed to get an E and an A and a B and throw in the flat and fifth, and I had the blues scale, and I could improvise blues solos within a few days and and started playing it at the Marquee Club. So that was the beginning of, of... my flute playing, very untutored, very naive, and an aggressive way of playing. So I couldn't get a pure note. I would reinforce it by singing the note at the same time, which gave it a bit more punch.
0: Ian Anderson is one of the most intelligent uh, rockers that I've I've talked to. And, you know, uh, Jethro Tull was one of the bands that uh, did music about society and and politics. And, you know, I I love the people uh, who, who I remember early in my career when I'm playing Jethro Tull. Hey, man, I really like that guy. No, uh, Jethro Tell was the name of the band. Ian Anderson was the leader of the band and just had that uh, stoic pose with the flute. And, you know, I remember the early years of uh, Jethro Tell at the Municipal Auditorium here in New Orleans. But I asked Ian Anderson that when he's writing music about society and politics, are are you writing about the politics and society with the intent of reflecting the audience and existing ideas? Or are you trying to change the audience?
2: I think, as a songwriter, it's a mistake to go out there and try and change people's opinions. I think what you can do is give them a view of uh, the world around them, and it's up to them to to make sense if they can, out of what they think you might be saying, which is not necessarily what I am saying, but you know everybody looks at music and listens to lyrics in in their own different ways. I don't think there's any single absolute this is what it means opinion that should come out of it i think people you know have the right to draw their own conclusions make their own make their own pictures in their head when they they hear lyrics or read the read the words and um, i think all you can ever do really is just give people a a viewpoint think of cezanne and his many paintings of mont saint victoire in uh, different lighting conditions different times of the year he painted that same painting almost over and over again and yet they're all different and th- there are many ways to look at a simple visual view but i think it's quite interesting that you can revisit sometimes those ideas and try them in a different way and that there's that something perhaps in music too as a songwriter I, I will sometimes revisit a subject that i've touched on before and just look at it in a different light and a different perspective. I think that's um, part of the fun, really. I, I was just fascinated with that
0: conversation with uh, Ian Anderson of and Jethro Tell. It was on this day in 1969. They played their first concert in America. Let's go to Homa and Tom. You're on WW Good afternoon, Tom. All right. Can you all hear me? I got you, Tom. All right. Fantastic. So I just want
3: to talk about um, these radical Republicans. They're trying to take over the Republican Party. And they're trying to stop the traditional good Republicans who are moderate mm-hmm. um, from doing good things that they've always done. In fact, you know, I just wanted to tell you that I'm, I'm such a moderate Republican. I just wanted to recount some of the excellent um, achievements that the moderate Republicans of the past and the ones that want to do more good today. Um, first, I want to talk about Ronald Reagan. Remember trickle-down economics? That's one. Um, the Boland Amendment, which blocked them from sending funds to, to Nicaragua, um, was undercut through the Iran-Contra affair. Um, so that was kind of that was kind of really George Bush NAFTA, right? Who doesn't love NAFTA? Everybody loves NAFTA. Nobody doesn't love NAFTA. If you don't love NAFTA, you're crazy. You're crazy. Well, you increase the taxes after saying no new taxes. George H. W. Bush, another great president. No Child Left Behind, Hurricane Katrina, CAFTA, which is another great trade agreement. And if you don't like that trade agreement, you're crazy. 2008 subprime mortgage. Listen, this guy got people in houses. I mean, they all lost their houses, but he got them in. That's pretty great too. Listen, you the, you get a taste of owning a house, then you want to get another house. These people are geniuses. You guys are geniuses. Um, Iraq, WMMD. Wow. I mean, I think they got us into a to a thing in Iraq. Listen. I just listed a bunch. What are your favorite Republican accomplishments from the moderates?
0: Um, Tom, look, I, I mean, I, I really appreciate the the, the sarcasm of, of the show. Um, when I talk about moderate Republicans, I'm talking about Republicans that 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 are allowed to uh, to have a, an opinion different from a right wing radical. Um, you know, th- there were problems with everything that you mentioned, but there have been problems with a, with a lot of things. Um, you know, Ronald Reagan was more of a moderate than he was a right-wing radical Republican. Uh, George W. Bush ran under the, under the slogan of a compassionate conservative, and that was designed to a- attract the, the moderate Republicans. Uh, moderate Republicans are not spineless. Moderate Republicans um, have conviction. Moderate Republicans have, have really not only determined who wins elections, but they have defined the Republican Party. Um, much of what the right-wing radicals stand for is contrary to conservative ideology. Um, I think that uh, there were some uh, positive things. Uh, I I really liked George H. Walker Bush, uh, Bush Sr. I thought he was an excellent and very, very underrated uh, president. Um, There were attempts to do a a lot of things, but sometimes things were not done because of uh, Democrat opposition. So I understand the point that you're you're making. Um, Let's see what happens with the Republican Party. Because the numbers that I I see when it comes to right wing radicals are smaller than the overall Republican Party. But I'm surprised that there are not more moderate Republicans that have have stood up and kind of demanded to take the party back. I mean, they're all too many seem to be just falling in line with the right wing radicals. So, hey, look, I'm a registered independent. So, you know, it's up to the Republican Party to do what they need to do. But I just think we're in a really kind of pathetic state of politics when the two options are the options we had last time, and there were problems with with both of them. Um, so you know, it's just it's it's politics in America, and it's it's where we are in terms of the the great uh, the great divide, and. In politics, it has become, like I said earlier, a contact sport. It's it's a it's about, you know, verbally beating somebody up and, and just not even considering what somebody might have to offer. So look, I, I get it because a lot of people a lot of people want to be bullies and they don't have the power to be bullies. So if they get a, a big mouth like Marjorie Taylor Green, who's a bully. If they get somebody like that on their side, they vicariously live through them because they want to bully, but they don't have the power or the intellect to do it in their own lives, so they're vicariously living through somebody else. We'll see. I just think that there's this uh, great divide within the Republican Party, and Marjorie Taylor Greene wants to completely eradicate all those who don't fall in line with Donald Trump. So, you know, we'll uh, see what happens. All right. uh, If you want to join us, the Okinawa Jewelers Talk and Text Line is 504-260-1870. Oh, is this the Ken song? Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. Did yeah, I screw we were, up? We were talking about, yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah, We were talking about uh, Barbie earlier. Um, so Ryan Gosling got the nomination for Best Supporting Actor. I mean, I thought he was good, but I didn't know how outstanding he was. But Barbie actress uh, Margot, Margot Robbie and the director Greta Gerwig were snubbed. Did not get the nomination. I'm screwed, and we'll be back on WWL. Really sad day on the scoot on the uh, rock culture calendar because uh, this is the day that uh, John Belushi should have turned 75 years old. He didn't turn 75 because he's dead. And he's dead because of drugs. In particular, cocaine. Um, just heard story after story about John Belushi and cocaine and essentially it, it killed him. And the stuff will kill you. And especially today with fentanyl, fentanyl being out there. I mean, nobody should be doing coke anyway listen you know i just reflected during that break on um because you know i never know who's going to call so you never know what the the question is going to be and a caller was uh, was just suggesting through his diatribe that that uh that moderate republicans have no accomplishments let me tell you what moderate republicans have done moderate republicans understand the constitution more than right-wing radical republicans moderate republicans understand a freedom understand personal responsibility. They reject intolerance. Moderate Republicans in the state of Kansas. Was it Kansas or Nebraska? No, it was Nebraska was the first state. that I, I keep getting, you know, Kansas, Nebraska, nah, they Can't, all look
1: alike. the abortion referendum? The abortion referendum. That was Kansas.
0: It was Kansas. Kansas is a very red state. And yet after the Roe v. Wade decision by the Supreme Court, The people of of Kansas, Republicans included, supported abortion rights. That was a shock to the Republican Party. So moderate Republicans have stood for a lot of very good things. And they have, in some ways... Balanced out the right wing radicals, but there, there's there's clearly a battle within the Republican Party that does not do the the party any good. I mean, it's it's fun for talk radio. It's fun for us to 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 talk about, uh, but. Right-wing, uh, right-wing radicals have their ideology, and it's different from more moderate Republicans. And it's they there. As far as I can tell, there are more moderate republic uh, there, more, yeah, more moderate Republicans than than radical Republicans. So, we'll have to see how all of this works out. All right, let's go to uh, Brian in Mid City. Brian, you're on WWL. Good afternoon.
4: Hey, It's Always a pleasure. Well, we talked about the Barbie movie uh, before. But, you know, we didn't get into the amazing performance of Margot Robbie in that movie. Yeah. Like, so I can remember, you know, she was to me, she was the only reason to watch Suicide Squad. And, you know, she was really great in Babylon. Uh, just name another one as well as. Um,
0: you know, I saw uh, the. I saw anyway, the. So, like. I saw the Barbie movie and I mean she was she was excellent. I I don't know if I thought that this was uh you know Oscar nominating um, um performance but she was very very good. I'm I'm surprised that Ryan Gosling got it for best supporting actor and she didn't get it for Barbie. But as I mentioned earlier in the show, I think when you, when you consider the people who, who vote for the Oscars, these are people who are associated with the industry. And I think sometimes they feel like they're so esoteric and artistic that they, they have to reject something that is like overly mass appeal and they have to go look for the more artsy thing to, to recognize.
4: Well, it, and it looks to me like they, they they totally missed what what she was doing because to me she displayed like a, 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 Amsterdam that was the other movie I I really loved her in was Amsterdam. Um, was, to me she, you know, after seeing her in other movies, she displayed the full range in that movie. You know, full range of emotions.
0: Well, and you know, to me
4: this was her best
0: performance. Give her credit also, Brian, for bringing to life a doll. I mean, people had an image of this doll, and also through the work of the director, director uh, Greta, uh, Gerwig, they brought to life this this doll. and And I, I thought it was a really great performance. I didn't think Oscar nomination when I was watching her. Uh, I thought Oscar nomination as far as the movie was concerned, but not necessarily as far as she's concerned. But I, I think she I think she did a, a really good job. So you know, there'll always be uh, there'll always be controversy with um, the the Oscars. Let's go to Elmo in New Orleans. Hey, Elmo.
5: Hello there. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, I just I just want to start off saying uh, that I, I love Republicans and I love Democrats and I love this country. OK. And I, I just wanted to give a little civics lesson of, of how I feel. Uh, you know, it starts off with the Declaration of Independence. The first two sentences of the second paragraph. Uh, I believe it goes we uh, hold these truths to be self-evident. The uh, that all men are created equal; that they are endowed by the Creator with certain unable and full rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In the next sentence, it says to secure these rights, governments institu- are instituted among men, deriving their powers from the consent of the governed. And therefore, we set up our government with you know Republicans, Democrats, mm-hmm. or at least you have at least two parties. Uh, the, the court system, the executive branch, et cetera, et cetera. And, and for all that to work in, in all the courts, for all that to work, you have to have trust. You know, just like written in God we trust, in, in the yeah. country we trust. you got to have that trust. And when that trust is violated, which I, I believe it was. I the, think so, too. Trump I election think. Admire, uh, and and so forth and so on and then and then when the courts what are there about sixty court cases or something that were thrown out well then you know the Democrats yeah. were were uh, 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 screwing with court system um, uh, weaponizing okay and 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 and, and the followers uh, there there's a surprising lot of people. are, and, and it bothers me, and 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 then uh, on both sides, uh, you, you you have where uh, the yeah one party is private. That's the best way to put it.
0: They're right. tribal. They hate the other. Elmo. Divide. Yeah. I've I, I, I really got to get to a break here. I think there's tribal politics on both sides, and that's the problem. It has become tribal. Um, on the Scoot on the Air Rock Coach of Calendar this day, 1967, Aretha Franklin went into the Muscle, Soul, Muscle Shoals studio in Alabama and recorded her first top 10 hit. It was this song, I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You. And we'll be back on WWL. All right, Sports Talk is coming up next with Bobby, Mike, and Steve. And, man, the Pelicans just killed it last night. They scored 153 points. And they beat the Jazz 153 to, I think, uh, 124. Really enjoyed watching that game. All right, they're coming up next. I want to thank our program director and brand manager, Diane Newman, assistant program director, brand manager, and senior producer of Scoot on the Air, Ian Hoke, Uh, news anchor Chris Miller, and traffic with Dave Brennan. As always, I thank you for being part of the show. If you haven't done it yet, join me on Facebook and Instagram. It's Scoot on the Air. I'll have another video up there a little bit later. Have a great afternoon. If you're in the rain, be safe. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock. I'm Scoot. Love you, New Orleans.